Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited to introduce you to my guest today. She is not only a super guest, she is a former colleague of mine. In fact, I was her last boss before she quit corporate America, which I'm sure we will talk about. So let me introduce you to my friend, former colleague, Kenyatta Turner, who is a behavioral superpowers coach, a speaker, an author, master trainer, and radio slash podcast host. She's the founder and CEO of Freedom Empire Consulting, where they coach, influence, and protect their clients by helping them build and shield their own freedom empires. Kenyatta is also a co-founder and the Chief Behavioral Superpowers Officer of Dream Smart Behavioral Solutions, a behavioral science technology firm that delivers real-time, scientifically validated behavioral insights, which influence human resources, education, coaching, training, mentoring, business strategy, behavioral variability, decision-making, and service offerings for individuals, families, and organizations around the world. She's also really a great person to know. So Kenyatta, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Sarah, I am thrilled to be on your show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And again, anything you're doing, I want to be a part of it. Oh, (laughs) right back at you. (laughs) Right back at you. I totally agree. And uh, just to be clear, Kenyatta didn't actually resign to me. I I wasn't a reporting (laughs) boss. So don't think I'm like a horrible boss. And Kenyatta was like, I'm out of here. That was some other individual who drove me to leave. It was Sarah (laughs) who drove me to leave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I just love your story and the business that you really created this idea of a freedom empire. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of our listeners are seeking more freedom, but talk to me, tell us a little bit about this idea of creating a freedom empire. Oh, yes. I love it. So going back to when I left corporate America, you know, working with you and many others, I mean, I'd spent 20 plus years. I mean, I think I started at DeVry University when I was 18. So I grew up working in corporate and working in colleges specifically. So that's really, you know, my background. And I realized about 21 plus years in that I wanted freedom. Freedom meaning I didn't want anyone telling me when I had to go to work. I didn't. W- I wanted to help people in a way that I knew I could beyond the walls of an institution. Really, that's what it was about. It was also about the fact that I had just turned or was about to turn 39 when I did leave corporate America. And that was the age my father was when he died. I didn't think actually that I lived to be the age 39, quite honestly. When he died, I was only 16 and it seemed so far away. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those of, uh, those of you out there who think 39 is old, it ain't. Okay. <laughs> but I thought it was 
when I was young. So I grew up in this environment thinking, man, that's so long away. You're not even going to make it that long. I mean, I don't know what where my head was. But ultimately, I got to the age that he was when he passed and I made a pact with myself because I had wondered what he would have done if he'd had more time. Mm. He'd had more time. And it looked like I was about to get more time, right? I didn't know that, but it was likely at that point, felt that way anyway. So I started to ask myself some really hard questions. Kenyatta, if you make it to the age of 39, what will you do that your father didn't get an opportunity to do? Like, was he happy? Was he working in the job that he wanted to do? Was he living his legacy? Was he living his life the way he wanted to? You know, had he found his purpose? Like all these questions I couldn't ask him, I started asking myself. So when I realized I didn't know the answers and some of them I didn't like, I said, I got to get out of here. And literally I was scratching and clawing with myself to get out of that environment and go and build an empire. That's what I said I was going to do. That's what I told everyone I was doing. I'm yep. going to build an empire. <laughs> and they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know, but I got to get out of here. You know? <laughs> I just had like this vision of just, just something beyond what I'd done for the last 20 something years. I had no idea what it was looking like. But when I realized it was really freedom that I wanted to go and find out the answers to the questions my father maybe never got to answer because he didn't have any more time. Mm -hmm. Time became so valuable to me. And I realized that I wasn't going to squander one more minute, hour, day, year beyond the age of 39 if I made it to my 39th birthday. And I literally had quit a month after my 39th birthday. Oh, was that really go. the timing? I, I guess exactly. I didn't ever put that together. <laughs> exactly the timing. And now I'm 47, for those of you who are wondering, like, where does the story go? So it's been, you know, I, I made it this far. I'm happy about that. But then that's why I became, that became the name of my company, is I realized not only do I want to build a freedom empire, which quite honestly, I believe is a state of mind, to answer your question. It's like the idea that you can do what you want, when you want, how you want, for as long as you want spend as much money as you want, come back and still have money in the bank, right? That you can find happiness, but you are, you're the ruler of that empire. Like it's your world to create yeah. as you want. So it's more about a mindset than a place, but you know, we are all the CEOs of our own lives. You know, we do get to make the rules and our mind is powerful, but we block ourselves down. We put shackles on ourselves. We don't realize how free we are um, mm -hmm. because of circumstances and just quite simply lack of self-awareness. So, yeah. So you packed up your bags, you quit your job. I don't remember who that would have been to, but I would have loved to have been in the room. You quit mm. your job, you drove off and then tell me about your first day. Like, how was that? <laughs> I think it was a mixture of crying and drinking and laughing. <laughs> like, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? I did not have another job lined up. I did not have a business lined up. And I think that people thought, I mean, I'd lost it, right? Well, in a sense, I had, because again, I, I saw a vision that was beyond me. My burning desire, like Napoleon Hill talks about, was so strong that I knew whatever was going to happen, I would succeed at it, even if I didn't know how. I had faith, yeah. right? I truly did that there was something bigger for me. So even though I didn't know what I was going to do, um, I knew, oh, here's what I also thought too, Sarah, you're going to get a kick out of this. I told myself, I said, look, people go out and start businesses all the time, right? Like I, my mom is an entrepreneur, right? She's never had a job as long as I've known her, right? So she's one of the people I called to ask, mom, I think I need to quit my job. Like I can't be here anymore. I got to go build this empire. And you know what she said? She's like, huh, it's about time. <laughs> he goes, I knew this day would come. 
I knew the day would come when you realized that you were done working for other people and you had more to give. She's like, so I, she wasn't surprised at all. I was shocked. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. so ultimately, um, you know, she did, she, she was supportive of me, but what I realized too, is that when you, you make a decision like that and you trust and believe and you're, it's, it's just bigger than you and you can't mm -hmm. deny it. That's when you need to make a change. And it's so some people are like, well, weren't you scared? And you know what I was scared of most there? I was scared of what would happen if I didn't leave because mm -hmm. I was positioned to continue to move up in the organization. I could have had a campus if I wanted, you know, yeah. what I mean? if that's, if that's what I wanted. I would have given you one. <laughs> I could have had it. Right. But I, I realized that I didn't want to wake up 20 years later and still be sitting there. Mm -hmm. At that desk, I was more afraid of what would happen if I didn't leave than what would happen if I went out into the world and saw what I could do. So I told myself, look, you know, if you go and fall on your face and you can't make this work, worst case scenario, you go get another job. <laughs> worst mm -hmm. case scenario, that's what you do. Because if you've got 20 plus years of educational experience, higher level education, executive leadership, and two degrees, and you can't get a job, then what was it all for? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So that was kind of my fail safe is you just go back and, you know, get back on the hamster wheel. And I think that's okay too. You know, I sure. think many times people realize that they may or may not like what they've built or anything like that. I work with a lot of clients that leave their job and then they build a company, then they have no freedom. And they're like, why, why did I even leave? <laughs> there you go. So I think it really, it, it comes with self-awareness. It comes with knowing what you want, it comes with understanding yourself, who you are, what you're built to do, which I went through the journey of doing that. And um, I, I made the best decision I, I could have made. Has it been easy? No, <laughs> it's not about that. It's about yeah. living the life I design building a life I don't have to take a vacation from, right? And yeah. that's different for everyone else. So those first few days were um, a little stressful, a little fun, but then just nervous. And I remember one day my mom called me and she's like, what are you doing? It's like six weeks later, what are you doing? I said, nothing. <laughs> she's like, you gotta, you need to figure something out. Like, what are you gonna do? She's like, come to a networking meeting with me. I've never yeah. even been to one. When would I have gone to a networking meeting, Sarah? <laughs> like, you wouldn't have been allowed or I let have been out allowed. of the building. <laughs> exactly. I worked 60, Midnight. 70, 80 hours a Midnight. week. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I loved what I did. And I want people listening to hear this very clearly. I worked probably 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, some weeks. I mean, it was insane the amount of I time I worked. I would kick her out of the office. Yes. But I Kenyatta would show up. go home. Yeah, go home. But I would show up early in the morning and I would leave late at night. Mm -hmm. And I was always happy. I loved what I did, even the ups and downs and the this and the that, you know what I mean? That was my passion. That was driving me. It wasn't like going to work to me. It was like going to school. Like I just loved what I did. The moment I realized my brain wanted more, I didn't love it anymore. Actually, I couldn't even do it anymore. I walk in the building at eight o'clock and leave at five and people be like, where are you going? And I'd be like, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, so it's important to understand like what you need and not be mm -hmm. afraid to go get it yeah. and let something else go. So those listening, li hear that. It's not like I left because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do changed. Yep. And I chose to pursue it. So Yeah. I do remember some middle of the day texts from you when you first quit. Like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm in a meeting. What are you doing? <laughs> I was missing you. <laughs> but this networking meeting. I've been thinking about this. You kept texting. I'm like, yeah, okay. I get back to you later. Whatever, um, but, right? <laughs> but yes, so my mom tells me. Like, meeting. 
yeah, my mom took me to a networking meeting and I, like I said, I didn't know anything about that. And she says, you're going to come to me with this meeting. Now, all I knew about this meeting is my mom had been going to it for 15 years. Like every month she would go to lunch with these, these women. And I said to her, well, what are you doing at these lunches? You know, but, and I just, I literally said, what are you going to lunch with a bunch of old ladies every month? Like, what are you guys doing? The and ladies like, at lunch. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Kenyatta, those ladies, those old ladies you're talking about, they're all business owners, you know, and now we'd sit down and talk about business. And I'm like, really? And there's lunch. Well, let's go check this out. Yeah. And the, the meeting was called WISC, Women I Should Know. That was the oh, name of the networking meeting. I love it. Yeah. And so um, I went to that meeting and it changed everything. I met a, a couple of people that ultimately wound up changing my life through that connection. And I've never looked back since then. <laughs> mm, I love it. Yeah. And so tell me about this Dream Smart Academy and your superpowers. Uh, when sure. did you start start this? How did this come about? Yeah, absolutely. So once I left, um, once I left, uh, you know, working for corporate, I retired myself. I really just started uh, right away. The woman I met actually at that meeting introduced me to a company called Legal Shield, which is now PPLSI, Prepaid Legal Services Inc. I started with Legal Shield. Fell in love with it. Didn't know anything about a business like that. Fell in love, jumped in both feet, exploded my business. I thought it was my vehicle to build mm. this empire. Okay, that's what I thought. I now know that Legal Shield is a wheel on my vehicle, and love my it. vehicle is an 18-wheeler. Ooh, I love that. I didn't know that. Okay. So I thought I was this one thing was going to be the thing. But once I got involved in the company and I had massive success and I absolutely, I mean, I still do it as part of my tagline. The protect in my tagline is legal shield. So it's been eight years with them. But I realized that, wow, once I got in this world and I started networking, I started listening, I started doing personal development, all these different things. I also realized that I had, I was figuring out what I wanted to offer to the world. I'm very natural as a coach, a speaker, a trainer, like that is like my wheelhouse. Put me in front of a microphone and a camera. I'm on fire. Sit me down and have me look at a bunch of reports. Nah. <laughs> so I know. Kenyatta, also fun fact, hated my reports. <laughs> well, you know what I loved about them is that I didn't have to make them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to make, you provided them. <laughs> but yeah, so that's not my wheelhouse, but I can do it, right? But to me, I am... I'm an influencer. My behavioral superpower is an outgoing, fast-paced influencer. That's why the second word in my tagline is influence. This has nothing to do with social media, has everything to do with the word influence and what it actually means. Mm -hmm. And it was assigned to this behavioral style over 30 years ago. So that happens to be mine and my mother's, by the way. So, oh, and by the way, listeners, Sarah is an initiator, if you mm -hmm. haven't figured that out. So, <laughs> so ultimately, it was a fun time where you know, I was trying to figure out, I was doing legal shield. Everything was great. But you know what I did? I missed working in colleges. Here's what I didn't miss. All the stuff mm -hmm. that I didn't want to do. What I did miss was having an opportunity to talk to students, mm -hmm. to help and encourage and try to be a positive force in their lives and to mentor. That's what I missed. So I ultimately wound up going back teaching. I started teaching at colleges and I taught basically critical thinking and personal development for six years, you know, and during that process, I realized, oh, you need to be a coach. You need yeah. to be a speaker. You need to, all the stuff that you share with these students, you need to be doing this with more people and getting paid a lot more for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I realized. You know, you need to be on stages doing this. Like you have so much to offer. So that's when I started 
started building the coaching practice and really looking, seeing what that was going to look like. But then everything changed January 19th when I took my behavioral superpowers exercise. It wasn't called that then. When I took it and realized I was this outgoing, fast-paced influencer, extremely results-focused, very abstract, mm -hmm. very daring, you know, all these different things I learned about myself, my level of self-awareness became so deep, it was creepy. Mm -hmm. My level of acceptance of these things became so deep where I realized this is not only who I am, this is why I am. Mm -hmm. And I need to make sure that I stay in behavioral alignment because that literally is my happy place. So how do I turn these very natural innate talents that are I've, I've had since you definitely know me and I've had since I was about three years old, how do I turn them into what I get to do for a living mm -hmm. so that I'm always in alignment? Right. And that's the tool that we use that I use. I literally became part of the company. We switched some things around. Now I'm one of the co-founders of the company. We named it Behavioral Superpowers. It's a behavioral science um, uh, firm, the only black owned behavioral science firm that I'm aware of. And we basically are in the same family as other psychometric assessments like a Myers-Briggs, a Colby, an Enneagram, a DISC, a predictive index, on and on and on. Mm -hmm. um, strength finders. So we're in that personal personality test industry, which is like a $2 billion industry. And there's a lot of market space still in that industry. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that no one does what we do because they don't measure what we measure. Yeah, And it just goes at a deeper level, so deep that I can give it to a 12-year-old. People don't give a DISC assessment to a 12-year-old. And oftentimes <laughs> these tools are only um, used for high-level C-suite leaders, you know, whatever. They rarely get trickled all the way down through the organization. Usually or they're, they're like a snapshot in time. Or they're a snapshot in time, exactly. Which is great, but it's not sustainable and you can't build a culture around that. Yeah. You can't transform a life with that. Yeah. But that's what we do. I love that. And you know what's interesting is when I think back you know, you really were in recruitment of students and helping others to recruit students. But what you were really doing was helping students to see it was possible and influencing them and helping them to take that that step in their life to achieve their dreams. So you've been doing this all along. And I, I think after hearing this story, it's kind of funny. It took you so long to realize you needed to be a speaker because we used to always talk about your speeches to your team. And you coaching your team. And I, I didn't know. And here's the thing too. When you work in, when you work a jobby job, I call it a jobby job. When you work a jobby <laughs> job, you're only exposed to so much. Mm -hmm. You just really are. Like I think about all the stuff I did learn, all the people I met from all different, all around the world and different cultures. When you work, especially in a college, there's a certain, there's a couple types of people. There's the employees and there's the students. The students are the ones that come in typically with all this life and they're ambitious and they're excited and they're like willing to grow. They're thinking big. They're just like, oh my God, the sky's the limit. I'm going to get this degree and go out and, you know, change the world or build my career, my legacy, my family. Or scared to death. <laughs> or scared to death. But they're there. They, they, there's something yeah. they're, they're interested in that, that they yeah. see. They see future impossibility, right? Yeah. Potential. So that's one one avenue of one way of thinking that the that the building is full of. People like that. Then there's people who are the employees. They're thinking differently. They usually aren't in the same mindset as this new fresh student coming in who sees the sky is the limit and they're afraid, but they are seeking this thing. 
oftentimes employees have a different kind of thing going on that they're thinking. I'm stuck about. here. I just got to pay the bills. When am I going to get my bonus? Bingo. Uh-oh. This campus right? ED is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? So there's different energy there, right? And this is all I knew is these two sides. What I didn't know was the side of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Even though someone explained to me there's something called an entrepreneur, I think. And and basically the idea is someone who is an employee, but who treats their job like it's their business. And they look to continuously innovate and grow like a way a business owner would, even though it's not their business. I realized that's what I kind of employee I was mm-hmm. because I would look at what we did, Sarah, and our departments we ran and how we had opportunities to do. So we're like, Ooh, you know, like we can do this. Like we had that kind of mindset. Uh, Newsflash. Only- I was the queen of dynamite. Oh, you do this all the time? I'm going to blow that up. (laughs) This is how it's always been. Boom. (laughs) What should we do here? (laughs) So I think that you and I are, you know, are unique in that sense, which doesn't surprise me that at this point we both are entrepreneurs, right? But Mm -hmm. it was just that idea that I didn't think that far. You know what I'm saying? I didn't understand that that was even possible until I started networking. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, there's all these people out here they're doing all kinds of things to make money and live their lives. And here's what I also noticed is that there was a time frame that they all said they, when I asked what, Oh, what do you do? They're like, well, in a past life, now this past life was all, always this jobby job that they had. Yeah. Right. And they always tend to have left it around the 20 to 25 year mark. Mm-hmm. Just like I did. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I'm like, what is. happens at this 20 to 25 year mark where everyone bolts and goes out and tries to do something different with their life? So I don't know, coincidence or whatever, but it happened to me too. And it may happen to you too, listener, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this idea of really figuring out who you were meant to be and then creating a job or career or business around that. Because I think so many times, you know, the one thing I hate, sorry, I'm going to go on a little tangent. That's all right. <laughs> uh, the one thing I hate is when people ask kids, they're like five years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm. And I don't know where kids come up with this stuff or <laughs> if they just like first right. thing they see. My brother always wanted to be a garbage man. Mm. And he had heard on the news that Chicago was the highest paid garbage men in the country. And that's why that was his motivation to be a garbage man. I mean, like that was his thing for a long time. He didn't end up doing anything with that. I was going to ask if he ever did. (laughs) But I think so many times we pigeonhole youth into this idea of you have to know what you want to be and do rather than exposing them and figuring out what they truly are called to do. Like you mentioned the influencer part and then building your business around that. And I think that's so um, like you were talking about giving this test to a 12 year old. Mm -hmm. I think that information is so valuable and, and not out there because basically people are like, Oh, let's take this career assessment. And what do you like to do? And then what if it did spit out, you want to be the garbage man or you, you'd be good at being the garbage man, but you wanted to be the president of the United States. And it tells you you're only good at picking up trash. It's it goes so much deeper than that. And many, like you said, the tests out there can't can't measure that. So one of the things that's interesting about our tool and why it's so and we, you know, use it in school systems and things like that is because we know that it isn't so much about what the the, the child wants to do. It's who they are. Yeah. 
So based on who they are, like my mom has told me, we've had teary-eyed conversations about this information now that we have access to it. Her and I used to clash like this. Our profiles are very similar, our behavioral mm -hmm. profiles, which is why we, pro we probably did. I was trying to influence her. She's trying to influence me. And I'm the kid going, I got something to say. And she's the mom going, be quiet. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that was our thing. But she says if she had had access to my report at 12, 13, 14, she mm -hmm. would have known exactly what I should have been doing. You know what yeah. I mean? She would have known exactly why I showed up the way I did and why I was so different than my more anchored and reserved sister who's a facilitator. Oh, We're very different. She's so bringing we, people together. Yes. Harmony and peace. And, uh -huh. you know, hey, can we all get along? And I'm like, I'm like you, like trying to throw dynamite on stuff, trying to change yeah. it up because I get bored. Right. So this is powerful when, when it comes to knowing who you are, because if you think about like, you know, we have sides of a behavioral factor, either you're spontaneous or you're planned creative or anchored, you're outgoing or you're reserved, you're focused on results or relationships. If you knew those things about yourself at a young age or whatever age you are, listeners, then now you can sit back and go, wait a minute, am I taking a square peg and trying to shove into a round hole mm -hmm. by doing this particular work that I've chosen to do? Like for instance, when I was an operations manager for University of Phoenix and my whole job was managing... <laughs> you know, a floor full of people sitting in front of computers who were just typing on them, doing transcript, you know, evaluations. I was dying on the vine <laughs> doing that work. I no, never I, would have put you in that job. Exactly. And I could, I could do it. Yeah. And you I probably was, did very well. And I was good at it, but I was dying. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like, now if you, my report would have shown all that. If I had known, if I had had, I mean, I, I knew it anyway, but I thought ah, I need a, I can do it, you know, whatever. I mean, you try to, we try to take a square peg and force it to a round hole. Why? Because we think it makes sense for us because the money's good because we had, it seems like it's good for that situation in the moment. We think it's temporary, whatever the reason is we take this square peg and we grind it into this hole. And what we do with behavior is tell people to go get a round peg to put in the round hole and find behavioral alignment because that brings peace. It brings a deep level of self-awareness. It creates self-confidence, self-esteem, and more importantly, self-love. Mm -hmm. Because now you realize this is who mm -hmm. I am and I'm behaviorally and unapologetically me. Mm -hmm. You own those things. Then you start to unleash those things in a good way for the greater good, not only for you, but the people you're around. But then even more importantly, it helps you understand the differences in other people. And you stop blaming other people for being different than you. Instead, you start celebrating them yeah. and you are surrounding yourself with the people who have what you don't. And that's the beauty. But without the level of self-awareness, and I'll say one other thing, people talk a lot about being authentic. It's a very cool thing to talk about mm -hmm. these days. And I believe it. It's truth. Challenge is that people don't always understand what authentic means for them. Yeah. And there's lots of ways you can go and find self-awareness, right? You can journal about it. You can ask your friends what they think and all that. That's great. That's subjective. It works, but it's subjective. So we bring objective self-awareness in such a way that it, it's mind-blowing. I mean, Sarah, you read your report. You know it's you through and through, and it's who you've always been. Yeah. And so that's a different thing than saying my superpower is, because everyone's always like, what's your superpower? And people say, I'm a great gardener. I'm a great mom. You probably are. But what else is there? Yeah. Right? Like to that, we give you that objective version to go, whoa, I'm very abstract and creative. And that is a good thing unless I allow that creativity to overpower me mm -hmm. and I start reinventing wheels unnecessarily. 
Yep. That means your power has become a weakness. And I like to say a power overplayed becomes a struggle and a struggle unmanaged becomes a weakness. So know what your powers are, but don't let them overpower you. Instead, yep. use them. Yep. You know? I love that. I, I think one of the things that really strikes me about this is the ability to really think about your life and career and also then to make those adjustments where mm. knowing that you're you're not always you're not stuck in what you're doing right now. You can always make those adjustments. But I also think what would be really cool is if employers did this when they hired somebody. Bingo. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's fun. I love working with with hire, um, hiring managers and HR staff when it's time to hire. This process gets so much fun because mm-hmm. they realize, oh, my gosh, if they are clear on the position, mm-hmm. then they already have an idea of the types of things that they would like a person to exhibit in order to be good in the position. This goes far beyond technical competence. Right. Yeah. You can, if you're driving a forklift, I'm hiring someone to drive a forklift and they know, know how to drive one already. Great. But even if they didn't, I could teach them. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? What I can't teach them is the other things, the other, those other, um, I, some people call them soft skills, but they're transferable skills. Right. Really. And I can't teach them that, but I also can't teach them to be creative if they're not, you know what I mean? Like, and you also can't make be- sure that they fit into the culture. Like so I can be the best forklift driver out there, but if I am just not interested in anything, anything anybody has to say, or I'm like, you know, totally yeah, yeah. Or not a team player and we're trying to do something player. differently. If you are interested in learning more about behavioral superpowers, this behavioral exercise that can help people understand who they are, why they are, and why they show up in the world the way they do, maybe you want to use this in your own business or you want to teach others, then I also offer certification courses where I train you to be a behavioral superpowers coach, where you understand the tool, you understand yourself, and you can help others understand themselves. So that's a great way to bring this into your business, your organization, where you're actually doing coaching and you can impact people's lives and help them have a behavioral awakening, I like to call it. So this is with Freedom Empire Consulting and Dream Smart Academy. But it might even be something like the role requires someone to be outgoing and yeah. communicative and um and transparent and people oriented, but mm-hmm. you've hired someone who is behaviorally reserved. Mm-hmm. But in the interview, you didn't know that because they were able to flex their behavior in the moment, show you this outgoing personality because they're flexing, right? Yeah, because they know they they need to do that for the interview. For the interview, but they get in the job and then you realize that they're not that outgoing at all. They'd much rather be in their office. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing with the behavioral interview and using our resources, you would know that they were more outgoing or reserved. It would be right there on the report. There is no way to get away from it. And you'd be able to ask them questions specifically designed around Mm -hmm. the fact that, okay, I understand you're naturally very reserved, but can you tell me about a time when you knew that you needed to be more outgoing and your colleagues required that of you? How did that work out for you? Mm -hmm. Right. Those are the questions that you need to be asking and we can help do that. And you know, what's interesting. I think about my leadership. I actually am a closed door person as Kenyatta will tell Mm -hmm. you. More and uh when but i i can be very outgoing so yeah. people 
if people think I'm an extrovert, but I'm actually not. And there's a whole thing about introvert and extroverts. Sure. But one of the things that in my career is I had a boss one time on an interview. He later became my boss. So you can tell I got the job. But he said, we have an open door policy here. And it was just a comment. It wasn't a question. It was a Mm -hmm. comment. And I said, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't have an open door policy. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> he just like was like, what? And I said, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. When I'm working on something, I am working on something. When I'm meeting with somebody, I am meeting with somebody. I'm not doing all the thing. I don't even have notifications on my phone. I am really into that. And when somebody just walks in my office and asks me a question, one, they're not going to get my best answer because I haven't had a chance to think about it. Not to say I can't make quick decisions because I can, Mm -hmm. but they're not going to get my best answer. And the other thing is, if I'm working on something, it's going to take me 30 minutes to get back to where I was at. So when my doors close, it's a signal that I'm not available at that time, but I do have an open calendar policy. Mm. If you want my best self, get on my calendar. I'm prepping for your meeting. I've already thought about the conversation and I'm ready to go at that time for that combo. And he was like, wow, I never thought about that. And then he said the first week he observed how many people after that conversation came into his office and in one day he had 57 interruptions he had just little tick marks he's like I realized I'm the stop to the bathroom I'm on people are going to the bathroom from the back and they're stopping in hey real quick did you get my in he he never was annoyed by it it never bothered him But when he made all those tick marks, he realized, is this a culture we want to have here? Like, is this, are we doing this to each other where we're here all night? And so he ended up, started having closed doors and people were like, oh, what's going on? He must be job searching or Uh, right. They're thinking something's wrong. Right. But, and then he explained to everybody, he said, look, I wanted to try this out and I get way more done. Let's try it. But anyway, so it's really interesting that you bring that up because I know that there were people who were like, why is their door always closed? But then I I would pop out and you'd be right with them. Now, here's something's interesting. So, Sarah, I just happened to pull up your report, by the way. Oh, geez. And there's a couple things that I want to share that you just absolutely spoke to. Right. One, you said it didn't bother him that people were coming and going. He could work that way. Right. He was okay with that. Or either he or he or he was flexing to it. But it was likely that he was probably okay with that because he's the one who's like touting an open door policy. You never would have been doing that anyway, because that's not how you're wired. Yeah. You don't want the open door policy. So you would if it was up to you, you would not even say that was a thing. You no, know? I, ne- I never said that. Was, I said I have an open that. calendar policy. Yeah, you my know, calendar's so- always open for you to plug an appointment. Out. Yeah, you would never <laughs> even have said that, right? Yeah. So, so those of you who are listening right now, Sarah is an initiator. That's her behavioral style. Her top two talents is she's fast paced, like me, because that's one of mine as well, and she's skeptical. Mm-hmm. Sarah is going to ask very good questions and the challenging questions, and she's going to challenge a situation that does not make sense to her. 
that's her superpower. You know what I mean? That's why you want to listen mm-hmm. to her. That's why you want to hire her to like, she's going to, she's going to figure that stuff out because she's going to be like, mm, yeah, I see you saying that, but you need to really prove that. Like, we don't mm-hmm. need to be doing that unless we've got some data to back it up or something like that, you know, which is so, so much truth. So she's going to be quick and fast paced. And she's going to, again, she can respond on the spot, but she's going to do it in a way that's going to make sense for her when she's mm-hmm. ready. Right. That's powerful. And you've always been that way. Like I'm looking at yeah. this thing, highly results focused. Your daring score is 99. Mm-hmm. You ain't afraid to jump off no cliff. You know what no. I mean? You're going to make that happen. Abstract at a 95. I'm like an 86. We're both like, we're both very results focused, which is why we always liked each other. We're both mm-hmm. very results focused. We're both extremely daring, extremely creative. So that's mm-hmm. why, you know, you're like, oh, you've always done it this way. Boom. Let's throw some dynamite on that. because <laughs> We're not doing that. It, it makes me crawl to hear someone say, well, two years ago we used to, and I'm like, ah, man, why are we even talking about that? <laughs> yeah. And so, but you are um, fairly balanced when it comes to being systematic and spontaneous. You can get that plan, lock your doors, like lock down, get the thing done, mm-hmm. but you can respond on the fly when you want to. And when you need to, you actually can be flexible in approach, you mm-hmm. know, but you are you're probably more spontaneous than systematic, but you know, you have to be systematic and you, mm-hmm. and you lock that in. Like you put that on yourself, right. Cause you know, yep. it's going to help you and be efficient and for the greater good. Right. Um, and then you're like a 54 with promoting versus operating, which is really reserved and outgoing. And that's very balanced. You're 54 out of hundred, right. If you think of a scale of hundred, you can totally be engaging, engaging and relational with people, but man, you do love working alone at the mm-hmm. same time. You can do either one. It's not a hard flex for you, you know, either one. Yeah. And so these things, so you know, those of you all who are listening, you know, when you understand these things about yourself and Sarah is extremely self-aware and she takes that time to reflect and she knows mm-hmm. who she is and she's found her a way to do the things that are in behavioral alignment, you find peace yeah, and freedom and yeah. happiness. You wake up every day and you don't feel like you're grinding that square peg into that round hole. Well, and, and I think you also, sorry, one thing, I think you also not only understand who you are, but you don't have to make excuses anymore. Like the old me, when that guy said we had an open door policy would have been like, Oh, that's nice. And then Mm -hmm. I would have left my door open. And I never would have said on an interview. and, And he was not, it was not a question. It was like a statement. We have an open door policy here. This is our culture. And I like, you knew right away you need to cut, you need to be very clear and honest with him about who you were. With because no if not, it was not going to, if he expected me to have 57 people come in my office in one day, I would have not been my best self. And you would have not been a good fit for that culture. Yeah. Going back to what we talked about before. Yeah. He made a choice to let you still come into the culture, even though you said what you said, but he knew who he was getting. Yeah. Well, he should, he would have not been surprised when he saw your door shut. Right. So that again, goes to being authentic to mm-hmm. yourself and what you know, you need and what you want, having the self-awareness to even cut him off in a minute and say, whoa, whoa that doesn't work for me yeah. and not be afraid and try to like bend the flex into something that would have been a nightmare for you. And you we know? all know the end of the story. I got the job. So yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah. it worked. And I'm sure you, you knocked it out of the park, right? Yeah. And the last thing I'll mention here is these behaviors. And this is another reason why we, I love what I do so much. I say my, my quote is how you do anything behaviorally is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And what that means is these say that again, how you do anything behaviorally is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. So it translates into all areas of your life, not just work. 
So that, you know, that thing about, you know, uh, Sarah being the initiator, fast paced, skeptical, me outgoing and fast paced, both of us results, daring, abstract. We're always that way in all areas of our life. And so you are as well, those of you who are listening. And if you are not when you're at home and at work, then that means you are probably not being authentic at Mm -hmm. home or at work, (laughs) you know, and that may be causing you some, some pressure, some stress. So the idea is again, like Sarah said, own who you are and be who you are in all areas of life and business. That's freedom. Yeah. That's freedom right there. I love you know? that. Somebody so. once said to me, he was an actor and he said, acting is not easy. That's right. <laughs> and when you think about it, if you're trying to be someone you're not, it's not easy. It's not easy much easier just to be who you are and smile and laugh about it and give people an opportunity to make a choice mm-hmm. like that employer he had a choice yeah. is this the right person to hire who doesn't dig our open door policy he could have said no yeah right and and you gave him an honest answer you gave him an, an opportunity to make a choice if you were a right fit for that culture or not and he took a chance on that mm-hmm. and obviously he was glad that he did right but when you don't give yeah. people a choice because you're not being you're not showing and you're you know you're smiling and going okay I love open door policies when you don't <laughs> you know that would have just yeah. imploded on itself at some point anyway you know <laughs> so be honest yeah well I love you Kenyatta as you know oh, I've God. always been your biggest fan um funny story right before we wrap up uh I was I had the opportunity to hire every single person at a campus which was one of the coolest opportunities I've ever had and I knew like within five seconds of meeting Kenyatta that I wanted Kenyatta in this certain spot. But I had to convince my boss, Kevin, who also happens to be a big Kenyatta fan, <laughs> that Kenyatta should move from her campus to my campus. And that was that took a lot of convincing. I definitely because uh, <laughs> he was like, why am I going to shake up a perfectly good thing? because this is going to be great and it was great so it was great working with you even though long after you left and great talking with you today and I'm so excited about what you built and what you're doing and the people you're helping because I know that you truly do care about others and what they want to achieve in life and helping them to get there so if somebody wanted to work with you what could they expect and how could they find you Sure. Well, first I want to say thank you, Sarah, so much um, for what you shared earlier. And thanks for trusting me and having faith in me and seeing whatever it was you saw that said, you know what, that's someone I want on my team, you know, because mm-hmm. it was a blast. And, you know, I just have so much mad respect for you. So thank you for mm-hmm. helping me become who I am today through your influence, you know, through your support and friendship um, and all of those things. So you gave me opportunities to do things that I may not have had otherwise, right? Which helped me grow as well. So mm-hmm. I just want to, you know, appreciate honoring you for that. Um, but for those of you who are listening, if you are interested in working with me, the name of my company is Freedom Empire Consulting. You can just go to freedomempireconsulting.com, find some goodies there. But if you are interested in a cool little thing I have called a self-awareness and or behavioral self-awareness and personal development checklist. Um, it's a cool little PDF that takes you through some things to be thinking about as you are learning to become more self-aware and figure out where your scorecard is for your own personal development. Then go mm-hmm. to freedomempireconsulting.com slash freebie 
and freebie is F-R-E-E-B-I-E. So you can definitely go there and grab that and um, reach out to me. You can put on, get on my contact form. You can email me at Kenyatta at freedomempireconsulting.com. If you are a company that wants to know more information about using our behavioral tools for hiring, you know, team development, retreats, workshops, um, leadership training, coaching, anything like that, um, then do not hesitate to reach out um, as well. And I'm here to help. Awesome. Well, I love it. It was great talking with you today. And everyone, please check out Kenyatta and the Freedom Empire Consulting if you are truly seeking to build your own freedom empire or just figure out who you may be. Thank you, Kenyatta. And everyone, remember, you can crush your bold goals without working double time. So go home. I used to tell Kenyatta that all the time. (laughs) Go home. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word GOAL to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word GOAL. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.